Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to step into your power, find alignment, and create a life that you love using holistic methods, interviews with industry leaders, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host and health and wellness bestie, Amanda Chills, and I'm so proud of you for choosing to step into the root of your power. Y'all, I have got such a special woman for you. She is so powerful. She is so empowering and she is just so good at what she does. And she actually, between the time of recording and this launch, she won one of the top favorite hot works instructors, which is a sauna based infrared workout system franchise, bunches of gyms everywhere. And fan voted obviously because they have great taste. Um, so she is going to be one of their instructors coming at you. So y'all buckle in, buckle in, settle in, buckle up, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, I also want to remind you that I've got three steps to change your life. If you go to livemyhappyhealth.com, you can get that. So enjoy the episode. I look forward to seeing you again at the end. Okay, podcast fam, welcome to today's episode where you are pre-blessed. You're welcome because we have Allie Sempak, who is a health and empowerment coach. And when I tell y'all she is a health and empowerment coach, like, first of all, pause this, go watch her reels and then tell me you don't feel like empowered as fuck. So side note, like loving your reels right now, like loving them. Um, so she is here to like drop chicken nuggies of knowledge and it's so dope. So thank you for being here, like for taking the time. Hello. Absolutely. I'm so glad to be here. Yes. So tell us about you, how you got into this, um, and like what you do. Cause people may be like, what the hell is a health and empowerment coach? Well, they're going to learn. Yes. That's honestly, it's my favorite question. People will be like. <laughs> Yeah, but like, what do you, what do you actually do? And I'm like, <laughs> well, let me tell you. You like pull down a PowerPoint and you're like getting at your pointer and you're like, well, let me, let me educate. That or uh, the other best question is, so, but what's your real job? I'm like, no, this is my real job. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. Please tell them you're on OnlyFans. <laughs> oh my God. I'm an accountant. <laughs> I'm an accountant on OnlyFans. I do people's taxes and you pay me to watch. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah, probably not. I have uh, both two brothers and a dad that would be less than thrilled with that. Um, so I specialize in helping women break up with dieting um, and really heal the relationship with their bodies and with mm-hmm. um, You know, I kind of realized that I was super passionate about that because I went through it. Um, I grew up in a very fitness oriented family. My mom owned a gym. My dad was a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up eating healthy. I grew up working out, being in sports, but I never looked like the quote unquote, like fit kid or fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was always naturally more curvy. I was Mm -hmm. friends. Um, And like so many women can attest to Mm -hmm. school, high school, you start to notice what's different about you. Um, and that sense of comparison comes out, um, yeah, yeah. Obsessed with 
trying to be smaller, trying to be quieter, trying to be different than what I was naturally built to be. Which is so disempowering. Like, uh, it feels so gross when you're in that space. Oh, absolutely. And you don't understand um, at that age, especially, like, what's wrong with you? You know, you feel like you're the broken one, not that society has broken you. Um, you know, so I, I went through like over a decade of labeling it as I was, you know, really big in the bodybuilding community. And mm. I love to work out and that I was more of just the, the healthy nutrition, mm-hmm. you know, fitness girl, when in reality, I was just really unhappy. Yeah. And I was trying to fit yeah. in a, a, a square where I was a circle. Like it just, yeah. and I think the bodybuilding, like I was talking to um, the episode with Emily Gann, for those who listened to that one, like she is in, literally into bodybuilding. Um, and the amount of disordered eating oh my God. in the bodybuilding community is obscene, is obscene. Well, it almost gears you towards. Right, um, eating disorder or disordered right. eating because of the just the extensive restriction in order right. to get your body into competition shape. Right, and more and more, um, just like how our society has completely shifted what women are supposed to mm. you know, quote unquote look like. Yeah, the bodybuilding community has just become more and more drastic. Mm. Um, you know, it was extremely popular in the eighties and. That's kind of where my, my mom's side of the family mm-hmm. came from. They were all really involved in that. Oh. And then you move into now where you have to be even leaner. You have to be smaller. You have Which to be more crazy. Um, Which is so interesting because the men have to be bigger. Like the men are allowed to take up more space. Yep. Cool. And the women are taught to take up less. And I'm just like, well, that rhetoric is gross. Yeah. But like, who's surprised? Right, like men needing to take up more space and women supposed to be smaller and quieter. Right, that's been, yeah, uh, that's been the societal expectation for decades. Yeah. Right, and that's why it's gotten so bad. Mm-hmm. Here's a question for you: Have you had a conversation with your mom about how that impacted you growing up? Like, oh yeah, because I have a lot of moms. I work with a lot of moms who um, experience a lot of guilt for the ways that they talked about their body and restricted. And I mean, like diet culture is so pervasive. Like it is just everywhere in our society. And so like, you know, it's been an attack on women for so, for decades and decades and decades. And I have a lot of moms who deal with that guilt. And I'm wondering how you and your mom navigated that conversation. Cause that's not easy. Like, no, and it's it definitely still comes up. Um, you know, she mentioned the other day, she's like, I feel like I failed you. You know, when you oh. talk about our experience and our relationship, you know, in mm-hmm. high school and college and how it kind of shifted, she's like, I feel like I failed as a mom because you were so unhappy. And I yeah. her, it wasn't her fault. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our moms or maybe our aunts or whoever our mm-hmm. um, female figure is in our life, we start to grab on subconsciously to what they're mm-hmm. saying at a, a very young age. I mean, I'm talking yes. like two, three years old, yep. you start to grab onto those things. And if they don't realize it within themselves, what are they supposed to do? Like, right. there's, there's not a way to counteract that. Right. Um, and so now that I am in a much healthier space, I'm helping mm-hmm. other women. We kind of joke that I, I started coaching her. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, she's like, okay, coach Allie, I got it. I'm aware. Like, 
because of so just the, like to give you a little little background yeah you know i i remember probably the heightened point of it was when i was in high school i was like 15 16 um i that sense of control that i wanted to have all over my body um mm -hmm. and i couldn't get it to do what i wanted it to do and I just felt lost. I didn't feel like I fit in. I didn't feel like I had friends that understood me. Mm -hmm. um, and everything my mom tried to do, I know now was trying to help, was trying to make me feel loved, was trying to help me um, find the answers I was looking for. Mm -hmm. But because we come from different experiences, we have different ways that we see things. Mm -hmm. Everything she said was the exact opposite of what I wanted to hear. Right? Well, so yeah. I'm sitting there saying like, I'm too big. I, you know, I can't wear my friend's clothes. I, you know, was so, so hard on myself. And she'd be like, well, just drink water. Or like, oh, well, well let's go work out. Um, and if you like work out every day this month, like I'll take you on a shopping spree. You know, it was always that like kind of reward mm -hmm. mentality. Mm -hmm. um, Versus just acceptance. Right. And so I, you know, not only saw that, but then also looking at like my mom is stunning. And I'm not just saying that. Like, my mom looks like she could be freaking Miss America at 60 years old. <laughs> yeah. She's beautiful. But she was not she was not raised in a household that was told to be confident. That was told to like, mm -hmm. that's a good thing. She was, was taught. Yeah. Yeah. She was taught to have humility, but to such an extent mm -hmm. that it wasn't just being humble, it was almost being self depreciating. Yeah. And so allowing that to happen, you know, she was mm -hmm. super, super hard on herself. Yeah. So then she's that 16 year old me that sees right. my mom who's like a size four right. saying, oh, this doesn't look good on me. I'm too big. I need to watch what I eat this week. I need to do yeah. this out of the other thing. And she's also a fitness instructor yeah. and <laughs> works out all the time. She's yep. super healthy. And then I'm over here like a size eight at the time. Right. Thinking, Holy crap. If you're not beautiful and you're right. not happy, what am I? Like me. Mm. Right? Yeah, that's so powerful. That's a lot of the stuff that we had to get through. And uh, honestly, it took me moving out, going to college, mm -hmm. moving states away, having to deal with my own shit. Yeah. To explain to her what triggered me and why. Yeah. And in a compassionate way. Yes. Because that is never it's never an easy conversation even if both of you like understand and come to it with compassion like there's a lot of feelings there and it's not easy yes especially because she is my best friend yeah I mean, like sweet. me and my mom are the same person and that also <laughs> makes it even harder right when you're having a conversation with someone that is just like you <laughs> you, you start to butt heads right yeah so now how that shifted and how I kind of even explain to moms, um, mm -hmm. you know, whether they're clients of mine or not, is just um, acceptance and asking, mm -hmm. like, what do they need? You know, yeah. what does your daughter need to hear? Um, yes. Really sitting there and just listening mm -hmm. and saying, like, I'm not trying to fix you. I'm not right. trying to give you the answer. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to be here. Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't looking for an answer. I was looking for yeah. someone to say, you are perfect the way that you are. Mm -hmm. You will grow. You will grow through this. Yeah, you will be, you will eventually. 
I just want everyone to like replay what you just said because it's so good. Like it's, oh, just go back and replay. <laughs> Sometimes I get like lost in these moments where I'm just like screaming internally because I'm just like, yes, yes. Like that's where I'm at right now. Um, oh, it's so good. So good. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, so you and I had a similar experience growing up. I think you and I were a little different in one way. Like my mom never talked about her body. Mm -hmm. Never didn't care. So I was, that was lucky for me because I didn't grow up with a mom who like gave a shit basically. I mean, my mom is cute, right? Like she dressed cute and she cared about what she looked like. Not like she was just like, you know, whatever. Um, right. Yeah. But she like wanted cute clothes, but it really wasn't until I was an adult, um, that I saw and heard things like right now, my mom won't wear tank tops. Cause she's like, my arms are flabby. And I was like, well, if anyone says that to you, punch them in the face, like <laughs> no one's going to say that to you. So watching her go through these things, I was lucky as a kid that I didn't hear it. Um, and my dad never never cared like we my family didn't grow up my like safe space yeah yeah my dad was like you're beautiful whatever yeah we'd be arguing and my mom would be like I don't know how to help you <laughs> yeah I need to go sit with my dad yeah <laughs> yeah like, no idea what's going on <laughs> he's like come sit we're fine yeah. um so the interesting thing so I grew up as a synchronized swimmer which is a very um artistic sport so you're judged on the way you look and it was very clear when I was competing that like taller thinner girls like this sounds fucked up to say it now but they look better like they look better it's like rhythmic gymnastics or like ballet right there's those things that are really really ingrained so growing up as a girl who was normally a size 8 10 when these girls were so, so small which was them right that was just their normal that was really hard. And so you get in this space where you're like, I literally cannot be this version of success. Yeah. And it becomes so personal. And that is heavy to yeah. work through. That's what we're all trying to work through mm -hmm. is that it's like looking at societal expectations, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what women are supposed to quote unquote look like. Right. And told from day one, that the smaller you are, the prettier you are, the healthier you are, the better clothes look on you. Healthier, quote unquote, as well. Yeah. Right. And so we are literally programmed mm -hmm. to see, okay, she's tall and probably thinner and mm -hmm. has long hair. Yeah. And she looks like the ideal woman. Yeah. And in reality, none of us look the same. Right. And I, yeah, I read a quote by the woman who's in the good place, the Indian actress, Jamila. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I can't, cannot think of her name right now. Um, she had a quote yesterday where they were, it was like an article that was saying how the Kardashians changed the beauty industry. And she was like, let's be very clear that it was their surgeons who changed the beauty industry. Also, it was them appropriating black culture. Like, let's be honest about that too. Yes. And then their surgeons changing the, the standard for beauty and them lying about it and never being honest about it and selling these fit tees. And the, I mean, come on, the Kylie makeup line where she never admitted to lip injections. She's like, that's my lipstick. Like, fuck you, bitch. 
I would that know makes you so angry. Have some of it. it. Don't do that to my mouth. Right. Because you need injections and it's a load of fucking shit. So these women have made tens of millions of dollars, first by appropriating black yeah. culture, and second by literally selling things that they bought that we don't have access to. And so there's all these things. So like when you take women in this container and you support them in this journey, like what does it even look like for someone who's like, damn, this is hitting home. What does it look like for someone to go through this journey? Like what are the things that you hear the most often when they start with you? Ooh, um, usually the women that I, I, I like to say that we are like soul connected, meaning they find me and I find them. Um, usually the things that we kind of hit home on is they're, they're just sick of it. They've gotten to this, yeah. because they're over it. They're like, you know, Cause what? it's exhausting. Yeah. I'm mentally exhausted. I'm physically exhausted. My body is not responding to anything at this yeah. point. I think about food 24 mm seven. -hmm. If I'm not thinking about food, I'm thinking about, does my shirt look okay? Should I adjust it? What am I wearing today? Am I sitting weird? Should I sit up straighter? Like they are yes. so, um, they're so like micro analyzing every mm -hmm. single thing that they do because yep. they feel like everyone else is watching. Mm -hmm. in reality, because we're taught to like exist from a male gaze. Like maybe it was Margaret Atwood that said that like we are taught to be our own voyeurs and to always look pretty above everything. And it's because wow. that apparently gets you further in life, right? I mean, no, it literally does. Like there yeah. that that no that's true like thin privilege attractiveness privilege like those things absolutely exist um, i mean we could talk about fat bias for hours <laughs> we may want to do another episode on it yes. but yes absolutely um because the women yeah they basically just get to this point where they're like you know what i'm obsessed i'm obsessed yeah. to fit this image that i've always been told is what would make me happy Mm -hmm. And I just want to feel good in my skin. I want to feel right. at whatever size that I am and know that I'm doing things that are making me healthy so that I'm not only, you know, hitting goals that I have, but I also like myself because that's a big thing. Um, yeah. I kind, of, I kind of preach to people is we live in such a polarized country of, you know, universe yeah. right now that you can either be a fitness model on Instagram and super tiny and cute, or you can be in the body positivity, right? right? There's right. the problem is we forget about the gray space and that's where people like me live. Yeah. I want to love my body and feel confident mm -hmm. and show up no matter what size I am being who I am authentically. Yeah. But I still have goals. I still yeah. think that I want to achieve, mm -hmm. and I don't think that's a bad thing mm -hmm. if it comes from a place of knowing that I don't need to lose weight in order to be happy. Mm, yeah. Now, weight right. loss might be a, a, a byproduct of figuring out all the other shit. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know, when your body stops stressing, when you start eating mm -hmm. consistently, when you start taking care of yourself, yeah, your body will naturally kind of find its rhythm again. Right. But we are so quick to just say, okay, so how do I lose the 10 pounds? Right. Um, why do I keep gaining the 10 pounds back? Yeah. Ooh, good reframe. I, I like that. that reframe. 
all about that reframe. I love it. So something I hear often and challenge often, I don't know if you're on the same wavelength. Um, I have mostly women, but like men as well experience it. I think a lot more men now than 25, 30 years ago. Um, but still, and they'll say, I, I want to love my body. I have to love my body, but it feels so fake. It feels so fake. Like I'm doing affirmations in the mirror and this may be a good topic to touch on because one of the themes I think we're going to definitely hit, um, is like how to practice or how to even start appreciating or loving your body. Um, so when I think, when I record episodes, I'm thinking like, okay, like what would be a good like title for this? Um, what's, what's like a good theme that we're running into? And I think this may be one of them potentially if it's not whatever. Um, but I have a lot of people who are like, well, I'm, I'm looking at the bot in the mirror and I'm saying, I love my body. And it feels so fake, so fake. And I'm just like, I want to get you to the point where you don't like, you don't even think about your body. Like it's not the first 10 things you think about when you wake up or when you're existing, you're just like, I have a body. That's cool. I dress it how I want. I don't treat it like an asshole. Like, because your body, isn't, you just don't think about it. it. Well, it's not what your life is about. Right. But for like, these people, it is. Oh, and I mean, it, from, it was for over yeah. a decade. It was. That's so what was your, how do you go from, it's all you think about You're obsessed, what you're eating, what you look like, all of those things we talked about, like, obviously the process is long and not this clean. Um, but what are some of the like steps to get someone to even transitioning into that, where it's like, yes, you have a body, but that's kind of where it ends. Like, you're just like, okay, cool. I have a body, but it doesn't stop me. You know what I mean? And I, and I think, so there's a few answers to that question. I'm yeah. trying to pin, pinpoint all of Start them. somewhere and we'll end up. It's fine. Yes. So one thing is um, that when we, we try to do these affirmations or we hear about mm -hmm. intentions or things like that, they're still um, physical focused. They're, mm. I love my body because it's pretty or my hair is nice or, you know, something that is still kind of surface level yeah. compliments to ourselves. Mm. When in reality, switching that to facts. Okay, so I love my body facts. because it's, it's healthy. It keeps me alive. Um, yeah. I love my body because it yeah. allows me to go on walks with my mom. Right. Yeah. So I tell people to start with like, it holds your organs in place Yes. and they like think I'm joking. And I'm like, no, no, I literally want you to start with like, it holds my organs and that's nice. Yes. And they're like, that's such a smaller jump from, I hate myself. Like the amount of people who come and they say, I hate my body. I hate myself. And I'm just like, Oh, little baby. No. We're like, no, we don't love that. We want we don't you love that. Like, no, I want you to just appreciate. Yes. And this is the only body that you're ever going to have. Until we learn to like jump bodies. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Elon Musk is probably working no, on it right now, but like he sucks. Yeah. Let me, let me know when we uh, also conquer time travel and, uh, you know, jumping from place to place. But on that note as well, um, I made a post of this on my page, actually. Mm -hmm. um, you do not always have to like yourself mm -hmm. in order to love yourself and there you is because you might not like what your body looks like you might not like your job you might not like um something about your personality but that does not mean that innately you can't love 
your yourself because you are the only yeah. one that will ever be on this earth. So if you don't love yourself, why is anyone else supposed to? Right? And so ah. I look at that like I guess the path that is not linear, it is a roller coaster of you know, trying something and failing and trying something and failing mm -hmm. and self-sabotage and going back and forth. Yep. But really what I take my clients through is like three main pillars. Um, and that's mindset reframe, because I think in any circumstance, your mind always has to come first, because if your mindset is not in the right spot, nothing else is going to follow through. Sure. Um, and then we always go into intuitive eating. And so what I mean nice. by is, you know, you shouldn't have to track your food for the rest of your life. Agreed. You know, if you're an athlete, if you are competing in some capacity, um, there are some other caveats. And I don't mm -hmm. think that some ways of like tracking macros, I don't think it's like the devil. I think there's definitely yeah. beneficial realms to it. Yeah. The problem is we become um, so obsessive and come from the standpoint of, I'm going to do this so I can lose weight, mm -hmm. not I'm going to do this so that I can get stronger. I'm going to do this so I can eat, even out my hormones. I'm going to yeah. do this. You know, our why is wrong. Yeah. And I always transform them into just kind of overall body confidence. And what I mean by that, it's never truly about what you look like. Mm -hmm. Your body means like your authenticity. Like who are you innately? Right. Because that drips into your career, that drips into your relationships, your family. Keep like, going. Right. Like if, if you show Keep up authentically and like are hundred percent yourself, tell me every other aspect of your life is not gonna follow suit. Can you repeat what you just said? <laughs> show up authentically and everything else is gonna fall in line. It is. That's just that's just how it works. One hundred. When we're disingenuine with mm -hmm. who we are and mm -hmm. what our body is meant to do and what mm -hmm. it does for us, of course it's going to fight back because it's pissed off, right? Repeat what you just said again. Like what you just said. Repeat it one more time. Like if you continually fight with your body, of course it's going to fight back. What does that look like? That looks like restrictive eating. That looks like binge eating. That looks like being mean to yourself or comparing yourself to other women. That's, I mean, as yeah. small as saying things like, um, yeah, no, this looks fine. Like I got it from Target instead of saying thank you. Right? I'll take it one step further. It looks like anxiety and depression. Yes. You wonder. It where... looks like. Mm -hmm. Oh, it, it, that's a big, yeah. a big, big thing that comes um, like hits me straight in the heart when clients mm -hmm. come to me because nine times out of 10, they say they have anxiety. They say, mm -hmm. you know, I'm struggling with depression, you know, depression. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm like, okay, so did I for a long time. Right. I, I mean, there was a point where I was going to my nine to five job and I mm -hmm. kid you not, I sat at my desk. I was so glazed over and had such bad anxiety. Um, and I was stuck in this anxiety attack for a couple of days that my mm -hmm. boss literally said, Allie, go home. I don't, yeah. like, I don't know where you are right now, but you need to just go home. Yeah. Um, and I had to sit down with him, explain to him what was going on that yeah. I was like breaking. Yeah. And I just got chills. Right. And that doesn't yeah. mean, um, you know, our society, we're so, so quick to go to a doctor's office and say, what can I take? 
Yeah. Right? Because we want to fix the symptom. Y'all, if we fix the underlying issue, which is probably trauma, which is probably experiences, which is probably things that you put your body through, those symptoms won't exist anymore and you won't have to be on medication. Now, are there caveats for that as well? If like your hormonal levels are completely out of whack? Yes. But for the mass majority of people that struggle with anxiety, that struggle with these feelings all over the place, never healing the underlying issue. Right. Yeah, that's something I see all the time. Um, Now, obviously, depression, anxiety are real. They are not always an underlying issue. Sometimes you do need medications. Like, let's just be very clear about those things. We are not dogging medication. They have their place. They have transformed lives for people. Absolutely. What it sounds like you are saying and where I stand as well, is that when you dig the rock out, when you, I call it living within your integrity or living in alignment, Um, same thing, right? That you're saying when you are within your integrity, when you are authentic, authentic, like when you are living in alignment, you're doing what you say you're going to do. You're doing what you enjoy. You don't do bullshit that you hate. You're actually taking care of your body. Not like, oh, I, I do a face mask. Like, fuck your face mask, okay? Dig the rot out of your soul. Like, that is where we need to go. Anxiety and depression symptoms, catastrophically, most of the time, decrease. Yes. So people can have that brain imbalance that makes them more susceptible to, or, you know, like, literally have depression and anxiety, but it is so much easier to manage or the symptoms go away. I see that all the time. Like the symptoms go away. Not that they don't have depression or anxiety, but it is not a death sentence. And a lot of people think it is. And that's where people get stuck. I love hearing just that, that sentence of it's not a death sentence. No, it's not. You not feel like this for the rest of your life. You will if you don't do the shit you need to do. Right. And I tell people all the time, like, you can do that. That's your choice. Like, but fire me because I'm not going to watch you drown in three inches of water. Like, I'm not going to do it. Yes. It, it really comes from what is the life that you want to live? Mm-hmm. You know, I have clients, literally, I have them do an exercise where they write down all of the dreams, all of the things that they want to achieve in their life. Uh-huh. Right? How hard is that for them? It's, they always get stuck at the beginning. And mm-hmm. then it's like, holy crap, there's so many things I want to do. Mm-hmm. So then they're scribbling down as fast as they can. Yep. But they notice after about two minutes, they start to slow down. They have to start mm-hmm. thinking about it. And that's on purpose because I want mm-hmm. them to see, you feel like life is really short. Like you're not going yeah. to have enough time to do everything. Right. But when you start to slow down, you have to start thinking about like, oh, what else do I want to do? Mm-hmm. Life is also really long if yeah. you want it to be. Right? And we get we get so stuck within our comfort zone of mm-hmm. this is what my life is supposed to look like. This is what yep. I'm supposed to do. This is the job I'm supposed to have that we go through life doing all these things for someone else or to achieve something. And we never actually do the big dreams that we have. And maybe that is just paying off your damn parking tickets. But like for me, 
Um, I always kind of joke, but I'm serious. One of mine is to be on either the Today Show or Good Morning America. Yes. I I want to be on there. I want to be empowering women yeah. throughout the United States. Like I want mm-hmm. to get to that point. And for people, when you say that, they're like, well, that's kind of like a, that's a big dream. Like, how are you going to do that? I'm like, I don't know how, okay. but I know I'm going to work on the why I'm doing it. Yeah. Right. I'm and here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. You and you can be, why. yeah. And you can be firm about your goals and flexible about your methods, right? Something I was thinking about this morning is I always wanted to be a talk show host. Like I wanted to be Ellen, right? But like, nice. <laughs> Totally and then agree. I was so fun. Right? I have a podcast. Yeah. This is a talk show. Yeah. I like people who aren't just my mom listen to it. And I'm like, I have like firm about my goals, flexible about my methods. And I never told that to anyone. Like I didn't tell people I wanted to have a talk show. I told David the other day, my boyfriend, and I'm like, this is so cool. I have a podcast. People listen to me. I can support people. Like, yes. I mean, firm about your goals. I, um, so when I went into college, this will give you a, a little backstory here, but when I went into college, um, you have to declare a major, right? Mm-hmm. I had no idea what I wanted to do. <laughs> I had friends that had had their minds made up for years. Um, and I would always tell my mom two things. I want to help people yep, and I, and I want more. And she was like, what does that even mean? I was like, I just want, I want more than the average life. I don't want to yes. wake up and go to a nine to five. I don't want to have, Ugh. um, I hate to say like a husband and 2.5 kids. Like do you I, have I, a kid? Well, I'm averaging it for the rest <laughs> of this. Um, you know, I don't, I just did my stepchild see myself as that, yeah, uh, that lifestyle. And not that that lifestyle is bad. That lifestyle is wonderful. If that's what you want. People. But in my heart, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what my job is yet, but yep. I know that I'm meant to be doing more. I know that I, there's something out there. Mm-hmm. Now, Full circle. How does an obsession about your body and the hatred for your body derail that? What have you seen? Like, because it does, it derails it and it keeps you in a loop. Yes. Um, How does it do it? The biggest thing that women um, don't notice, but we all have in common. Mm -hmm. hate your body when you become obsessed kind of that control freak comes out right um you tend to fall into abusive relationships or at least relationships um balanced like even if they're just imbalanced relationships where you're giving more the the mass majority of us it's because you don't have that um inner worth you're trying to find it externally so you look for the external validation um, and all, almost overcompensate for it. So you tend to pick partners that also overcompensate that affirmation. Um, and it's usually not for your benefit. It's for theirs. Right. And so a lot, a lot of my clients that come to me are like, wait, so I'm not the only one that went through an emotional, like abusive relationship or no. went through a bad breakup or went through this right. or that or the other thing. I'm like, no, that's almost part. It's of- so common. It's part of the disease. Yeah. That when you don't have that self-worth anymore, you're trying to control everything. You mm-hmm. actually have zero control. Right. And you try, like, what I find is, and clients don't love when I say this, but it's true. Like, you try and manipulate people into loving you. 
And the way that they do that is to be smaller and to be yes people and to do everything they can to manipulate people into loving them because their gap is so big. And a lot of, well, I don't talk about that often actually. Um, but a lot of people don't know, like the gap from doing that to not doing it really doesn't take that long. Like it doesn't. It's, self, it's just self-realization. Mm-hmm. So for me- And boundaries. I, yes, and healthy boundaries, boundaries. are huge. Yes. And yeah. I realized that like, because I, it was never, um, at least in my, my circumstance, it was never mm-hmm. my partner's fault. Again, it was my mental state and how back and forth and- context there um yeah it was not i want to be careful that like people who get into abusive relationships it is the abuser's fault like 100 percent victims do not ask for it even if it's a manipulative like verbally abusive that is yeah i want to just be very clear like i don't think that's what you're saying but i don't want someone to take it that way in my instance sure my instance um it could have gotten worse had i not gotten out yeah however being and that is their fault like they're adults Yes. That's the abuser's fault. They know what they're doing. They're very good at it. And, and what I see now with, with so many of my women as well is, um, when they're not in a relationship, then it is more of like a power thing Mm -hmm. where they want the attention, Mm -hmm. but they also want to keep that, that guard up that boundary. Mm -hmm. And so they want the male attention so that they feel good about themselves and feel like they're doing the right thing, but then Mm -hmm. they don't want anyone to get near them emotionally. Yeah. Um, that's funny. Cause I see it as the opposite. I often see, um, women and men like outsource their power. So they say, I'll do anything for you to love me instead of saying I'm good. Like, I don't, I'm good. <laughs> you can go. And I, yeah, I actually think they're the same thing. Ooh, so it's not that they're saying awesome. I'm good. It's I'm going to do anything for you to become obsessed with me Ooh. because then that gives me a heightened sense of power of feeling <gasps> like, feeling mm-hmm. like I'm good when it's not actually um, it's not tangible. Like it, it's not, it's not authentic. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, how we self-medicate with food. Mm-hmm. We look for that serotonin boost. We look for that, that next high in life. Mm-hmm. That's going to keep us excited, keep us happy. And then when that goes away, we drop right back down instead of finding this energetic neutral where you have the highs and lows, but you always mm-hmm. come back to the baseline. Yeah. I tell people all the time, the goal is to be content. Like no one's happy all the time. A lot of people think I am because in general, like I have a lot of energy. I'm pretty much happy, but like, don't say, but mostly I'm just content. Yeah. Right. Like, great. But like mostly I'm just content and that tends towards happiness. So something I see, maybe you see too, is like when you, and I call it digging the rod out because that's what it is for me. Um, when you dig it out, like you just have so much more room to one handle stress. Cause now your reservoir is clearer yes and two like really most people's neutral is to be content but never satisfied does that make sense yes absolutely because uh, kind of the way i look at it is who you are is innate like you were born (laughs) who you are however your situation your environment people around you the way you look that is always evolving No, you can be content in who you are, but still Mm -hmm. never satisfied. You always want to experience more. You want to see more. You want to do more. You want to help more. You want to feel more, whatever it is. 
please start a podcast. <laughs> like, I'm not joking. I've been not joking. Um, do it. Like, I've also been told this is totally off topic. I've been told I have an ASMR voice, meaning it's very like soothing or like. Sorry, it's only fans for it. Oh my god! Absolutely not. <laughs> You can do ASMR. It doesn't have to be like sexual. You can just read the phone book. I think it's That's so funny. It's so low, but I, <laughs> I think it's like just like you are. Like I'm so passionate about helping women step into their most authentic selves and realize it has nothing to do with your body. Now, yes, do I want you to be healthy? Do I want you to be taking care of yourself? I'm not saying completely ignore that factor. That is a huge point. But it's part of it. Exactly. It's you, all right. Full it all has to be, like you said, in alignment. That's why I teach mind, body, soul. Your mind oh. has to be in alignment with your body. Your body has to be in alignment with what you actually want. Like what? what is your life meant for? I just want to scream. Like I literally, when I tell you I want to scream, like you're welcome people listening to this podcast because I am screaming, like screaming. Um, fuck yes. Like everyone go back and listen to this podcast nine times because it's so good. It's so good. We're going to have to do multiple episodes. Also, literally, you need a podcast. Like, I'm not joking. No, the podcast takes you. You guys have no. It doesn't. No, it doesn't take that much time. Nope. It takes me because I'm lazy about things, and by lazy, I mean efficient. It takes me ten minutes to upload to like edit it because I just add the intro, do my little blurb at the beginning, and I'm like, oh, I like whatever I'm doing at the time, and then I freaking upload it. Like literally to take the episode from like filming it. Like, yeah, this will take you know an hour or so, but like. For everyone who's wondering how I do this, here you go. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but here we go. Like I film it, edit it. Literally, it takes me 10 minutes. Like I'm not joking. Upload it into my little like uploader, whatever the term is. Overall, it takes me maybe 30 minutes per episode. Like I pre-schedule them all for the month. I pre-write the email and schedule that for the month. Like it does not take that much time. And it is powerful AF, like AF. You, you, girl you need it like <laughs> you need it. like you have things to say we need yeah. to hear them not only do you have things to say they're fucking powerful like some people when I like listen to their podcast none of my guests because they're all fabulous but some people I'm like what like uh, okay that was cool like I'll never get that 30 minutes back yeah no no you're it's it's just dumb good so like I'm fangirling <laughs> start a podcast um, at the end of the day, like, I just want, I want to impact people and I want to mm -hmm. impact them positively. Yes. And if I can do that in any way, I know the most powerful way to do that is with words because, yeah. um, you know, you always hear like, oh, actions speak louder than words, but I don't think that's always true. You know, mm -hmm. I might be able to show up for you. I might be able to be there. But if I can speak some kind of truth into you that finally yeah. makes you sick, mm -hmm. like that, that's what I want to be doing. If I yeah. know that my strength, my strength is my compassion and my, mm -hmm. literally my vernacular, <laughs> that's what I'm going to use. Like, so when people, to. yes. So how do people go from, cause we're, we're oh, probably almost at an hour. Um, 
how do people go from like, I'm so exhausted, I'm obsessed, I'm like to circle back, um, I'm sick of this. Like my body, literally thinking about my body takes over my whole life. I'm hangry all the time. I'm on these diets all the time. Like I'm always on a diet. I'm never where I want to be. I'm weak. I'm tired. Like, uh. There's a few things that I what would do starting mm-hmm. with. Um, you know, if obviously we would both say hire a coach, you know, hire somebody that has been there before, but, um, I'd say like, like the baby step, because I think when you have a huge goal, you Mm -hmm. always have to chunk it into bite sizes. Yeah. Um, I think looking at your actions as does this benefit me and the life that I want to create also asking like, does this, um, how, how can we switch your goals or your movement or the way that you look at health from a weight loss standpoint to a different actual actionable goal? So that's what I've been doing with, um, hashtag strong girl summer. Yes, I have. Right. I look at it as yeah, weight loss. It can be cool. It can be necessary. I get that. But how do we look at fitness and health from a fun standpoint? Like, what do you actually want to accomplish? Yeah. Do you want to be stronger? Do you want to have better endurance? Do you um, want to get into a certain kind of sport? Like, mm-hmm. what is fitness doing for you? You know, mm-hmm. and that's not just going to the gym. That's not just running marathons. Right. That, do you want to get back into dancing? Because that's what you did as a kid. Yeah. Do you want to play intramural soccer? Do you want to go to a boxing class? You look like a badass. Like, I don't care what it Love is. It. I want to outrun my enemies. That's what I want to do. I mean, I have clients that are like, oh yeah, I go to a pole dancing class now. I'm like, awesome. Awesome. Do that. 100%. That's funny that you mentioned that because I actually started taking adult gymnastics and I'm just like, this is the funnest thing. Yes. Exercise wise that I've done. You're moving your body in a way that's enjoyable for you. That's challenging for you. It's sustainable because Mm -hmm. if you enjoy it, you're going to keep doing it. If you Mm -hmm. don't enjoy it, why would you show up and do it? Good question. Creating that negative cycle. So I'm not saying like, oh, well, I don't like to work out. So Allie says it's okay to just sit on my couch. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying your body is designed to move. Right. Figure out how it wants to move and let it do that. Yep. So perhaps one of the things that is really helpful that a lot of people don't think about, oh my God, this is just like, it's just so good. (laughs) I have like the interview running and then like me screaming internally running at the same time. Um, So perhaps one of the things to think about for people, like if they're like, okay, that's me. Like I hate what I'm doing, but I'm doing it because this program says it works or this person I follow says it or blah, 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 blah. Like perhaps one of the good questions is like, what do you think is fun? Like what's fun for you? And that may be a good question for people to start with. Cause I think a lot of people don't think about that ever. They're not just like, they're like fun. And then they get like the question mark above your head and they're just like, um, we forget fun. adults. Like we, right. we somehow like miss this in between where we go from being kids and our lives revolve around when do I get a play next? Right. To like teenager kind of young adults where we're like, oh, like my fun now is being with friends is like, mm-hmm. you know, events, that kind of thing. And then you hit adulthood and you forget that fun doesn't have to mean 
going to a bar or going to something expensive. It can be as simple as literally playing outside. Right. And we forget to do that. Yeah. Um, I also, this just kind of, I got all these thought bubbles. Yes. But to your point of, you know, well, what if someone is saying like, you know, I, I, I really want to make that step to confidence mm-hmm. and, and feeling good about myself, but I'm, I'm doing this program that they said that if I do it, if I do it perfectly, then I'll lose the weight and I will feel happy. So like I'm already doing it, right? I can't tell you, I literally told my mom this yesterday. I can't tell you how many times I did that. How many times I told her, no, 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 no. I try, I have something new. Um, mm-hmm. This is why it works, X, Y, and Z. And mm-hmm. it's going to be great. Everything's going to be perfect. Yep. I'm going to finally be content. It's going to be long lasting. Mm-hmm. And she watched me do it year after year after year. Mm-hmm. And what I tell clients is if the diet industry, meaning fitness, nutrition, supplements, the entire health industry, if they make over $80 billion a year, <sighs> Why do you think they want to ever fix you? Right. Why would they fix you? They won't. They want you to fail. And that sounds kind of mm-hmm. harsh, but, but it's true. they prey on your insecurities with advertising, mm-hmm. right? They're focusing in on like your stomach, your hips, the things mm-hmm. that women automatically clue into because we've been taught to. Mm-hmm. So they clue into your insecurities to sell the product or yep. sell the package or whatever it is, promising something intangible, promising mm-hmm. health promising happiness, promising smaller to be sexy, right? Whatever. Yeah. And then when you maybe achieve it the first time, you're like, Oh, this totally works. I'm going to keep buying into it. Well, the problem is the reason why diets work at first is because they're not sustainable because you can focus on being absolutely perfect, tracking every single thing, doing all this restrictive habits for a short (laughs) period of time. Right. Eventually your body will say, fuck off. I'm not doing this anymore. And <laughs> yeah. Back to that screw it all mentality. Right. So that's where you find women stuck in this loop of restricting all week, being good mm-hmm. all week. Yeah. Week they binge or they mm-hmm. emotional eat. The morality. They, yeah. They feel like they are just falling down this hill and then they start back again on Monday. And yeah. You wonder why you never see progress because you're never having consistency and right. you're never actually set up for success. Right. They want you to fail so that you have to keep buying a freaking membership. Right. Right. Like, and and the fact that I, who not only got partially a degree in nutrition, mm-hmm. grew up in a fitness family, was so ingrained in this world, and I never came to that conclusion. <laughs> right. Because you're in it. Like, when, when something is your normal growing up, you, it's your normal. Yes. Yeah. And you never, and you never want to admit that you've wasted mm-hmm. all this time and money and energy. Mm-hmm. And then you get to this point where you're like, shit, is nothing going to work for me? Yeah. Yeah. So here's a good question for people that are like questioning that. If you didn't think the thing that they're advertising was a problem until you started reading their advertisement, that's just marketing. <laughs> yep. If you never thought that your my mom's flabby arms were a problem, right? Who gives a shit? until someone started telling her they were a problem, like that's definitely something to question. So, so it sounds like a beginning for a lot of things. It's like question the advertising that you're exposed to. Question why you feel the way you feel. And I think question who profits off of it. Yes. Like who benefits from me feeling bad about my body? I know 
patriarchy. <laughs> like, candy <laughs> man who own these makeup companies. Like, that would be him. Well, I mean, and the wellness companies. That point, like, so I got, I got, I got a, a lot of degrees, but it's because I couldn't stop learning. Um, so one of my, one of my degrees sure. is <laughs> I originally went to school to be in advertising and public relations. That's so cool. my entire college career was learning how to manipulate people's feelings mm -hmm. in order to sell. Yep. And it felt gross. And so it is. Why, it feels gross. Yeah, and that's why I didn't go into it. But yeah. now in the position I'm in, being able to see how they all mm -hmm. intertwine and where advertising even came from, like if you think yeah. about it, like 1920s, 30s. Uh, think of like if you've ever seen Mad Men on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I guess it technically wasn't always on Netflix. It was on a different show. But regardless. <laughs> it's was. Netflix. Right. So if you think of, of original advertising agencies, what they yeah. look like. Women were not advertisers. They were the secretaries. They were not allowed to have a higher position. Mm -hmm. So the people putting out the advertisements for women were men. Mm -hmm. And not that every man is bad. It's not like this is not a dog on men. I love men. I think they're great. As a group, though. As as just a, journey, a generation, it's been men that created these advertisements pegged on what a woman should look like. Mm -hmm. And then it's just continued and continued and continued. Yep. And we've just shifted it a little bit each year. Yeah. But we wonder where that came from. It wasn't a woman's idea to say, Hey, let's talk how terrible you look and how you can lose the weight. That right. was not, not a woman's idea. Yeah. Like, and if it was, I don't like her. Yeah, we, we dislike her. But a lot of, ooh, yeah, that's a whole separate conversation. Yes. Oh, this could go in 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> Many conversations. So it's beautiful. So if people are like, damn, Allie just uh, personally attacked me <laughs> on this podcast, like, how do people find you? How do they work with you? Um, how do they hang out with you? Yes. I love all people. I want to be friends with everybody. So my Instagram is askcoachally, and it's just A-L-I. Um, website coming soon. We're currently manipulating <laughs> some things. So there yet. Um, do you have the, um, do you have, I was going to say the web handle. Oh my God. Do you have the website? Not yet because okay. um, my name is spelled A L I. It is the most common name in the entire United uh, entire entire I mean universe. Um, because it's not just Ali, it's Ali. And so uh, I get into oh. some copyright issues there. So we're working on that. That's what's holding us up right now. But when it happens, just let me know and we'll put it in the like show notes. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So come to my Instagram, follow. I mean, DM me if you want. Um, link in my bio allows you to have a client inquiry. Um, I run both group and one-on-one -on -one coaching right now. And we just kind of filter through that throughout the year. Um, I am a very big advocate for making sure that I'm the right coach for you and that you're the right client for me. Because yeah. if you're not a right fit, then I want to send them to people like Amanda or send them to other coaches that are in my network that might yeah. be about mm -hmm. Which is really the most important part. Like research shows the relationship is really the biggest variable for success, which is absolutely and there is oh, more, there's more than enough coaches, there's more than enough clients. 
we might as well continue uplifting each other and empowering each other to find our best fit. That's so on brand for you. <laughs> hey, Lana. So on brand. Dude, yes. Okay, so if you want to leave our wonderful, enigmatic people with like one thing, if they listen to the whole podcast, I'm like, holy shit, my mind is blown. But you want them to remember one thing or carry forward one thing. What would that be? I know there's so many, there's so many options. Um, one. One of my favorite quotes that I live by that my clients live by is the only way out is through. If you want to get out of the situation that you're in, you have to go through it. And that's not only to learn experiences, but to have the life that you want to have, you have to go through. So only way out is through. Mic drop. Oh my God. So <laughs> Just like not even going to talk after that. So good. Uh, okay. So Instagram at ask coach Allie. Y'all seriously go follow her. It's so good. Also follow me though, if you're not, cause that's rude. Um, <laughs> so yeah, what, are you guys doing? <laughs> what are you doing with your life? Even like Jesus suffering probably. Um, okay, dude, thank you. Like, oh, so welcome. Like, so good. Just, I'll come back whenever you want me. Every day, please. <laughs> every day, come back. I'll just move in. Got it. That, you know what? We have a whole farm, so it's fine. You can live with the goats who get out every day. So you'll be out every day. It's fine. No, the goats are fun. That's here nor there. So thank you. You are beautiful. Like everyone go have, go fuck, man. Go take that and absorb it and like, <sighs> Listen again and again. Yeah, no, literally. Send it to your friends. Send it to your mom. Send it to your friends. Tag us, though, when you are listening to it. Because I always like to know when people are listening to things. I'm just like, yeah, so cool. I love to know just like takeaways because I know that, you know, we touch on a wide range of topics, even just in an hour. And Mm -hmm. I like to know what what part hit home for people, right? Because it's always going to be different. What part do you feel attacked by? Yes. Let us know. I feel so. totally insulted by because I am sorry. Right. <laughs> Although I'm not. Like, you're welcome, actually. I'm not sorry. I'm, yeah. a feisty, I'm a feisty Italian that's extremely blunt and sarcastic. Thank you. are welcome. <laughs> okay, you so everyone. You love me, but yeah. you hate me. Yeah. Dude, thank you. All right, go have a beautiful day, everyone. Like, love you. Be good. Yes. Oh, oh, wait. No, I don't want to end it. I almost ended the meeting. I just want to stop the recording. It really is true that you are the average of the people you spend the most time with. And I am so honored that you allowed me and Allie the space to hang out with you and to get into your brain and support you. I would love to hear from you. And I would love to know what you're thinking about, how you're feeling, and if there's anything that you need. So get at me through livemyhappyhealth.com. All right, y'all go be good.